Hi, welcome to the ministry of Prophet Daniel Jedu, a word and spirit based ministry because we are born of the word and born of the spirit. His God given mandate is to raise base in Christ into spiritual maturity by a deliberate teaching of the complete and pure word of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit and to take the gospel to the nations of the earth. Prophet Daniel Jedu is the lover of the word and a passionate teacher of the word of God and his ministry is accompanied by strong teaching, healing and prophetic grace. All over the world, his teachings are boasting the faith of many people and revealing what the mind of God is for them. Many people have come to receive supernatural encounters through his ministry. The message you are about to listen to has been designed by God specifically to grow you into spiritual maturity. So many people have received testimonies by listening to Prophet Daniel Jedu's podcast. Say your testimony with us, leaving a write-up of it in the comment section. Or you can send it to us via email at contact at pdjministries.org. Now, Prophet Daniel Jedu walks us through the word. Stay tuned. All right, so tonight we would be looking into a subject that I was interrupted by the Holy Spirit in the course of the week to, to revisit again. Now, this is the subject of the covenant and, and most importantly, the new covenant. All right? Because it is from the covenant that we get to understand a lot of things. And the Spirit of God wants us to look at how the law on earth, you know, or in our laws on the earth, or in our legal jurisdiction, how they perceive the covenant, which is also called the will. And um, I believe once we get a better understanding of what the earthly will is, we will understand very well the matter on the new covenant. Is that okay? I'm not going to do this alone. Somebody's going to really help me out in this matter. So tonight I have here with me Crystal. Crystal, you can come over. <laughs> All right, you're welcome. You're welcome. All right. So Crystal is a legal practitioner. Yeah. She's a supernatural, anointed, tongue-talking, Holy Ghost, filled and em- embraced lawyer. And tonight, she's going to, I'm going to ask her amazing questions. And then she's going to help us to understand from the legal point what a will is. Now, the essence of this is not going to ask your parents if they have will for you. (laughs) All right. And um, this meeting, Crystal, is one of the plans the Lord has had for us to be having set up meetings like this where we have audience who can even ask questions on certain sensitive matters. We are helping the world, a lot of Christians, to come to an understanding of what the covenant is all about. I'm going to give just a bit of a background to the covenant and then we would, I'll ask the question. Okay? All right. So we have learned before 
in, in some of our previous um, messages that the word covenant in the Greek means diathek, which actually comes from two words, dia and titamai, from the root word. In simple terms, what it means is that putting something in between two things. Now, in the eye of the covenant, according to the word of God, that thing that must be in between must be a thing of the blood. It must have a blood, you know, significance. So, when you look in the, in the Old Testament, even way before the Old Testament, from Adam's time, there was a covenant called the Adamic Covenant through to Noah. It was called the Noahic Covenant. Then, Moses came into the, uh, uh, Abraham came into the picture. We had what we call the Abrahamic Covenant. And then we have um, the law called the Sinaitic Covenant because it was received from the Mount Sinai because that was where the covenant took place. And then we have the Levitic Covenant before Moses died. And then it ran on until we had what we call the New Covenant or the Everlasting Covenant. Now, you realize that all these covenants, apart from the mosaic, um, you know, the Abrahamic, and then the new covenant, mosaic covenant was, didn't initiate with blood. It was just a meeting with Abraham, uh, with Moses and God on the Mount of Sinai, and then he passed on the covenant to him on behalf of the people. So from Adam right down onto Moses, there was nothing blood in there. Now, for Noah, the covenant was the rainbow. That covenant actually revealed Jesus. Which gives an, gave us an idea of who and what the covenant is all about. So, in Abrahamic covenant, that is when there was um an interplay between God the Father, Jesus, Abraham, and blood. Now, to God, what covenant means or a will mean is that it is his highest commitment. It is his highest commitment above which or below which he can do nothing. Or, God will always want to elevate promise into a covenant why am i saying all this because in the bible from genesis chapter 12 when abraham came into the picture god began to give abraham promises you're going to be a father in blessing i will bless thee you know they were all promised i will bless thee now you look at the tenses here there's a lawyer here so she, she would better understand the words because words are very important and how they play so she will tell us about all that so in in Genesis chapter 12, God began to say, I, I will bless you. I, the word was will, which means that it was something that was going to happen, but hadn't happened yet. In blessing, I will bless thee. Anyone that, you know, bless thee, I will bless thee. Anybody that curses you, I will curse. You know, it was will. I will make you a father of many nations, etc. They were all promises. And for several years, Abraham wasn't too... 
um, enthused because in his house, he had children or servants who were having children. God hasn't promised them, yet they are having children. But for him, God had promised him and yet he didn't have children. So he began to complain to God and say, God, is, look at all the things you are, you are giving me now. Am I not going to have an heir who is going to take over all these things? Is it going to be somebody in my house? So we read in chapter 15, that's when Abraham got to God. And God had to elevate or uh, migrate the prom- his promises from promise to covenant. Why? Because promises are not something you commit to. You can choose to commit or not. But when it has to do with a covenant, you have to commit to. You have no choice but to commit to. Is that okay? So, Abraham asked um, the Lord. And Abraham said, Lord God, what would thou give me? Seeing I go childless, and the steward of my house is this Eliezer of Damascus. Let's go on. And Abram said, Behold, to me thou hast given no seed. And lo, one born in my house is mine heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This is not, this shall not be thine heir. But he that shall come forth out of thy own bowels shall be thine heir. So God is still talking about promise here. Now, it looked like Abraham was tired of the promises. So, God committed to it. So, now, God began to now commit from his promise to covenant, his will, or testament. So, in the next verse, the Bible says that, and he brought him forth abroad and said, look now towards heaven and tell the, the stars, if thou be able to number them, and he said unto him, so shall thy seed be. This is another promise. Okay. And he believed in the Lord, and he counted it unto him for righteousness. Now you understand this story was talking about, talking about Jesus in the night sky. Why? Because the covenant is about Christ. The covenant is about Christ. And the covenant is about spilling of blood. And the one whose blood is meant and, and, you know, well accepted for an eternal covenant is only Christ. So God began to speak to Abraham about, you know, the, the, the story in the night sky. All right. If you go on a podcast, there's a message there called the gospel story in the night sky. All right. And he said unto him, I am the Lord that brought thee out of, of the Chaldeans to give thee this land to inherit it promise to give he has not given from chapter 12 chapter 13 chapter 14 god is still promising all right and he said lord god whereby shall i know that i shall inherit it you see he's asking a good question you have been promising all through it's like a lady that has been promised by a gentleman that i'm going to marry you it's been year one year two year three year four i will marry you i will marry you see I will. So it's a promise. He might even put a promise ring on your finger. It doesn't mean anything. It is still promise. Because they can break their promise. But you see, in the villages, you can't promise a girl like that with your mouth for years. 
you must upgrade your promise to a covenant. So, they will get you to um, cut your skin, see blood, you also cut yours, and then you put your blood together so that there is an exchange of blood. Because in covenant, there is always an exchange. A covenant is not a covenant when there is no exchange. So, your blood gets into mine spiritually, things happen. And then there are words that those are the content of the law, of the covenant. So they are the promises or the content, the, the terms of and conditions of the term. That if you if you go behind me, if you sleep with somebody else, if you promise somebody else, you will die. And normally the result of covenant when it is broken is death. So once you have upgraded your promise from Amma, I will marry you to the covenant, you have no choice. Amma has automatically become your wife. Before you even go ahead to, to prepare whatever, you know, ceremony. So when Abraham asked this question, God had to you know, upgrade the promise. And so he said unto him, take me and Haifa. And Haifa in the Old Testament stood for Christ. And a she-goat of three years old and a ram of three years old and a turtle dove and a young pigeon. So these are the animals that had blood. Now remember, a covenant, dietetimai, means something in between two things. So what is in between the two things is what is important, the blood. And he took unto him all these and divided them in the midst. And laid each piece one against another. But the birds divided he not. So he killed the animal and divided them into two. And automatically something will flow out of the animals called blood. So blood started oozing where he put them. He put one here, put one there, put one here, put one there. So in between the divided animals will be blood. Like a pool of blood. But the bird he did not. I will explain later. Go on. And when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram. And lo, an horror of great darkness fell upon him. Go on. And he said unto Abram, now look at it, know of a surety that thy seed shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs and shall serve them and they shall afflict them 400 years. Now look at it. When God was making this statement, it took 400 years before the um, Sinaitic covenant, the law came into being. So the promise is not the law. Do you get it? The promise is not the law. You read it here. He said, and he said unto Abraham, know of a surety that thy seed shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs. He's talking about the Israelites going into Egypt. And shall serve them and they shall afflict them for 400 years. Now when God said this, it took them 400 years and 30 years before the Israelites came out of Egypt to receive that covenant. So, the, the promise is not the law. Can we agree on that? 
People mistaking the promise as the covenant. But the promise is not covenant. Nor the promise the law. The promise is not the covenant. The covenant is the upgraded promise. And the law is a different covenant on its own. It has nothing to do with the promise. Is that clear? Yes, sir. All right. It was good I mentioned that. Go on. And also that, also that nation whom they shall serve will I judge and afterwards shall they come out with great substance. You should be asking yourself, God wants to get, get into a covenant. Why is he talking about 400 years from now? Instead of going straight to the point, I will explain. He said, and also the nations whom they shall serve, will I judge? And afterwards, shall they come out with great substance? Go on. And thou shalt go to, the father, to thy fathers in peace. Thou shalt be buried in, in a good old age. But in the fourth generation, they shall come hither again. For the iniquity of the Amorite is not yet full. Okay. And it came to part that when the sun went down and it was dark, behold, a smoking furnace and a burning lamp that passed in between those pieces. Now remember, what was happening to Abraham? Oh, sorry, Abraham. Abraham had dozed off then. Abraham was, I just want to ask to see and agree that the covenant was not between literally Abraham and God. Abraham was dozing off. He was sleeping. And God showed him a vision through, you know, the message of the, the bondage of Abraham's people. Because it was from Abraham, Israel came forth. It was from Abraham. Alright. Because God was choosing a different breed of people after the Gentiles. So Abraham, from Abraham, God was bringing out the, 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 the Jews. And that is how they came out. Like, Because if there is a choosing here, it's a matter of salvation. So they were chosen, so they must go through. There had to be something of salvation. So they went into the world. Egypt stands for the world. So they went into the world. And they needed a savior to come take them out of the world. Can you see that? So, so right here when God was talking to him about the covenant he was about to do, he spoke about the future salvation. And your seed shall be a prototype of the eventual eternal salvation that man is going to receive. Do you understand it now? That is why he told him that story before he went ahead to go talk about the covenant. Do you get it now? All right. So, when the sun went down, it was dark. Behold, smoking furnace and a burning lamp that passed between those pieces. Now, I, we, we got to understand that the smoking furnace stood for God the Father. And then the burning lamp in the Bible stands for Jesus, the Son. Now, he's saying that the smoking furnace and the burning lamp went in between the cat animals through the blood. 
Okay, the exchange position, because I told you that for a covenant, there has to be an exchange. So the father had to take the place of the son, and the son had to take the place of the father. But originally, you see, Abraham can, is, a, is a mortal man. He cannot stand the terms and conditions of covenant. So the son of God, Jesus, then as a smoking uh, burning lamp, had to come and stand in the place of Abraham. And this is also a sign for the eventual or the, uh, the soon to come salvation. Just like Jesus came to stand in our place. Because we could not have covenanted with God in any way. We will break the, the, the terms and conditions. I will show you the terms and conditions. And so, Abraham, uh, 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 God used this scenario to show us how Jesus would do it. Remember, he had already told him about the gospel story in the night sky. And that story was about Jesus, who was going to be born, who was go, um, by a virgin uh, a woman, and who was going to die eventually, and was going to be raised, and he would become the king of kings. That story. So, this is, God is painting this picture too. Abraham, but he was dozing. So Jesus stood in, the father stood in, and then they went through and did the exchange. Now when we say covenant, it also means that when there is a cut and there is blood coming out. So for Jesus, the covenant that he had with the father for us was when he was nailed on the cross and the blood started coming out. So for us, our covenant was um, inaugurated on the cross. That is where it took place. For Abraham, it was when the animals were killed and the blood came and there had to be that exchange. Is it clear now? So in the same day, the Lord made a covenant with, you see, after they had gone through the blood, he made a covenant with Abraham, saying unto thy seed. Now look at the language here. Now he said, I will give. He didn't say, I will give. Immediately the covenant was cut. He said, unto thy seed have I given this land. From the river of Egypt unto the great river, the river Euphrates. Why is he mentioning Egypt? Alright. Go on. The Kenites and the Kenizzites and the Cadmonites and the Hittites, and the Perizzites, and the Rephims, uh -huh. and the Amorites, and the Canaanites, and, the, and all these guys. So, so here, the covenant was what? Cut. Blood. That is why a covenant is different from a contract. A contract does not need blood. But a covenant needs blood. Okay? All right. So, once we understand the background, now, so, after God had brought the people of Israel out of Egypt, there was no covenant. They were, they were working under Abrahamic covenant, this covenant. That is why God brought unto them the pillar of cloud, the pillar of fire. You know, there's a, lot, a whole lot of protection for the amazing things. The manna, the birds, the meat, water from... Because you see, when Jesus stood in place of Abraham, now everything God had became Abraham's. And everything Abraham had became God's. 
So when the people of Israel, who were descendants of Abraham, were coming out of Egypt, and they had to go through the sand, it's as if if God was walking in the on the desert, will He allow Himself to be scorched by the sun? If not, then these people who are now under the covenant of Abraham does not do not need to go through this heat. So whatever God would have done for himself, he did for them. He covered them with the pillar of cloud so that the rays of the sun would not hit him, them. Alright, how about night? If God was walking on the desert at night, on the desert, I understand that the darkness is pitch black. Would God walk in that darkness like that? No. He's fire or he'll want to go through fire or something. So in the night, God gave them the pillar of fire. Now the pillar of fire and the pillar of cloud is the highest glory called the Shekinah that God ever released and it is his own. So what belonged to him, he released for the people because they were under the Abrahamic covenant. And Abrahamic covenant was successful because Jesus came to take the place of Abraham on Abraham's behalf. Can you see this? Now, one of the things that were also changed was that Abraham's, Abraham's name was changed. He receives God's name, Yahweh, the H. He received that H. Hey. He received into his name. So his name, there's an angel holding my leg with so much strength. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Because now that Abraham, if you get married today, is a covenant. Marriage is covenant. I will explain why it is covenant. It's not just a contract. It's covenant. Yes, sir. Is there blood? Yes, yeah, there's blood. The woman will receive the man's name, isn't it? Yes, exactly. That shows the covenant. One might receive something from the other. So the woman will receive the same name of the man. You see? Then afterwards, the outplay of the covenant, the terms of the covenant runs. What is yours is mine. Your car is mine. Mine. Your money in your pocket is mine. Everything is mine because of the covenant. Can you see that? That's why if you are not married, stop behaving like you are under covenant. It's only, it's only a promise. Because when, when you get into an accident, you will not treat the person like wife. <laughs> You know, you can't kill your wife, right? My girlfriend, there, master, you can have another one if you want to. So, because it's only promise. It's only promise. won't say a promise. All right. So, when they came out, all these things happened to them. Then they messed up. They wanted their own law or covenant. So, the end of Abrahamic covenant came and the beginning of the Sinaitic covenant started. And that covenant was not like the Abrahamic covenant. That covenant had a lot of amazing things. Condemnation, death, threats, high blood pressure, a whole lot of things in there. Why? Because God, Jesus, did not take the place of the people. So that covenant was between God and the people. Now, in that covenant, God changed the language again. 
like the language he had with Abraham before the covenant. So the Ten Commandments came, the covenant, the terms. He says, you shall not do this. You shall not do this. You shall not do this. It means that this one, this is your part of the covenant. Do it. If you do yours, then I will do this. So when you go to Deuteronomy 28, and it shall come to pass, if thou, look at it, if you, this is a language now, because they are no, more, no longer under the Abrahamic covenant where Jesus stood in the place of men. For a covenant between men and God, Jesus must take the place of men. But in this case, it was just mere men with God. So they must play their part for us to play our part or for God to play his part. So he said, it shall come to pass if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God and observe to do all his what? Commandment which I have commanded thee this day. The Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. When they brought them out of Egypt, he didn't ask them to do anything. He gave them protection without them asking. He gave them food without them asking. He gave them water without them asking. But now, they must ask and fulfill some principles. Why? Because it is no longer Jesus doing it for them. So, they must do it. That's what we call performance. Human performance. You must do before you will be lifted up, you know, above all nations of the earth. What are these things? Go on. And all these blessings shall come on thee. So, you must do this before the blessings. And overtake thee, if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord. So you, you must hearken unto the voice of the Lord. There are conditions you must satisfy before these things. Their blessings are there. But you must satisfy the conditions before they come to you. I don't like this. Go on. Because today you have not read your Bible, have you? Maybe you have not read your Bible. Maybe you have not prayed. There are some things in the, the word says you should do, you haven't done. So it means that day, today, there are some blessings that is not coming. You, you see how serious it is? Yes, so he said, blessed. Look at it though. He didn't say you are blessed. Show us um, NLT or something. You will experience all these blessings if you obey the Lord your God. So the blessing is not there for them. It's available, but they must do something before they receive. And today, a lot of believers are living like this. All right, go on. Your towns and your fields will be blessed. Go on. Your children and your crops will be blessed. The offsprings of your heads and the flock will be blessed. Your fruit basket and breadboard will be blessed. Wherever you go and whatever you do, you will be blessed. Today, people pray this one. The Lord will conquer your enemies when they attack you. When they attack you, they will attack you from one direction, but they will scatter from, from you in seven ways. Okay. Now, when you are quoting this today for protection, don't quote it like this. Because here there is a condition for them to obey. So you tell yourself that because I am blessed, I am blessed, and Jesus took my place in the, in the covenant, I am protected on every side. Then you are speaking truth. Otherwise, you'll be saying this thing and you will die. The Lord will conquer. But in the New Testament, he said, you are more than conquerors 
Here he said, you will conquer. It means they have not conquered yet. But for us, even before the fight, we are more than conquerors. You see the difference between the covenants? Okay. They will attack you from one direction, but, alright, go on. The Lord will guarantee a blessing on everything you do and will fill your storehouse with grain. The Lord God will bless you in the land he is giving you. Jump to verse 15. Look at some of the blessings. Now he, he said this. But if you refuse to listen to the Lord God and do not obey all the commandments, all the commands and decrees I am giving you, all these curses, <laughs> all these curses, it means that under that covenant there were curses. There were blessings, but you must, you must work for the blessings. For the, covenant, for the curses, you don't need to work for it. It's there already. You are in it. So it's either you work for the blessing or enjoy the curses. It's automatic. <laughs> All these curses will come and overwhelm, overwhelm you. Go on, go on. The Lord will send rain at the proper time from which, you know, and so on and so forth. Now you can see the language here. I will, I will, and you, you, you. So it had to do with the people. Because the covenant was raw and direct unto the people. But for Abraham, Jesus took his place. Now listen, if you don't understand Abraham's covenant, you will not understand the eternal covenant we have today. Does, does it extend? Because the covenant we have today is nothing but an upgraded version of the Abrahamic covenant. It is an upgraded and an extension of the Abrahamic covenant. Because the same Jesus that stood in for Abraham is the same Jesus that has that stood in for us. So Jesus once stood in for, um, for a man. So he was able to stand in for men again. And when this thing happened, the wealth of Abraham, amazing things, he became a global asset. Everything, amazing things began to happen to him. So you see, you must understand you cannot have power over what you don't know. If you don't understand covenant, you cannot enjoy what is in there. Can you see that? Alright. So to cut my story short, the law came in. In Romans 5.20, the Bible says that it came in for some reason, for a short time. And then it was taken off. When the law or the Old Testament Please, the Old Testament is not from Genesis through, throughout. No, it's not. The Old Testament is from, I think, Exodus 27, when the law, or 20, when the law was given. That is when the Old Testament started. Now, the reason why the Old Bible compares New Testament with the Old Testament because of the characteristics of the Old Testament. It was killing. Okay? All right. So, Jesus came into the matter to introduce the new covenant. Now, the new covenant is also called a better covenant. And the new covenant is also called an eternal covenant. Can you see that? So, in Hebrews chapter 9, after Paul has spoken about the earthly tabernacle, and so on and so forth. In verse 15, 
he now begins to introduce us to the new well. Can you see that? So he said, for this cause, he is the mediator of the new testament or the new covenant or the new will that by means of death for the redemption you see there must be blood death by means of redemption by means of death for the redemption of the transgression that were under the first testament they which were which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance what does it mean the covenant comes with what eternal inheritance so there is an inheritance for you. And Jesus is the mediator. Crystal will tell us about all these terms. Guarantor, mediator, and all these, uh, testator, etc. Okay, so you understand it well. Maybe the spirit side of it you don't understand, but the legal side you understand. Now look at it. For where a testament is, there must also necessi necessity, of necessity be what? Death of the testator. Can you see it now? Yes, right. That is why you cannot just get up and say, I have a covenant with God. No man can have a covenant with God. Okay? For a testament or a will is of force after men are dead. Otherwise, it is of no strength at all while the testator what liveth. In other words, the testament, the will is not of force. It has no strength or power except the testator is dead. So now, that I've told you more about spiritual things, let's have a better understanding of how the will works here on earth in families or give us a better understanding, Crystal, of what a will is according to law and I also want to know if there are different kinds of will. Just tell us about, about a will to a lay person. You know, as a legal practitioner who understands the law, not the old law, but the law in Ghana. Not, not Moses' law. Yeah. Okay, so... Um a will, in essence, is a, is a declaration of an intent okay. by a person who is of this a condition okay. for being able to, to, you must be of sound mind and be qualified to be able to do a will. Oh, so the testator <clears throat> must have sound mind? Yes. Being it's good. Of, yes. It's one of the conditions. Write it. For making a will. Okay. So what a testament is, like you said, testamentary is really bequeathing, relating to a will. And bequeath means giving out property. Okay. There is a so, giving out of something. Yes, there's a giving out of property. That's when you bequeath mm. something to another person. Mm. So the essence of a will is the declaration of your intent to give out something to somebody. And wills are only effective, like Prof said, after the death of the testator. Mm. So now the person who makes a will is called the testator. Okay. And usually in a legal document, we'll say last will and testament okay. 
of the testator, which means that this is the final, these are the final wishes of the person before they passed on. So it only becomes effective after the person has died. So you're saying that there's an intention. Yes, the intention has to be present. It's critical. You're not excited. <laughs> so, so for Jesus, or for God to give us a covenant or a will, means that he had an intention to pass on something to us. Yes. Wow. Because without the intention, there cannot be a will. Without the intention, there cannot be a yes. will. The intention is critical. Wow. And then, you also mentioned that the person must be of sound mind. Yes. And be able to have the capacity to, but also be of sound mind mm. to be able to make a will. Wow. And we have, there are types of wills. There are, I would say, two types of wills. We have um, um, oral wills and non-cupative wills. Okay. Non-cupative really means, all it means is, is uh, uh, written wills and non-cupative. Okay. Sorry. So non-cupative is the... Oral. Okay. Wills are generally written. Okay. But in our traditional settings, for instance, the, the accounts, we have something called, um, the, the oral wills are called samansil, mm. which is done in the presence. That also always has witnesses. Okay. That's one of the conditions for making a will. There must always be witnesses. Two is a requirement. Without the witnesses, a will will not be held to be valid. Mm. Because the the witnesses must witness in the presence of the testator. Mm. That is what makes it valid. So in a situation where you have, um, say, prof making a will, mm. okay, he can make a will and sign it, but for it has to be witnessed for it to be valid. Now, for the people that witness the will, both of them have to be present at the time of witnessing the will. So he can't have one person come and witness and then later on the other witness comes to come and witness. It's not a valid, it won't be regarded as valid. The two of them have to be present to witness, to make it a valid will. Mm. So, yes, and wills are what we also called um, generally, these are the conditions that must be satisfied for a person to be able to make a will. Okay. All Maybe I catch you in here. You said for, the, for somebody to make a will, there has to be two witnesses. Yes. Show me Hebrews chapter 6, verse 13. Look at, look at 12, maybe. Okay, he said, that ye, ye be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Then verse 13. For when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swear by himself. Go on. Saying, surely blessing will I bless thee, and multiplying will I multiply you. What am I saying here? Even when it was a promise, God is trying to say that the promise could come into a full effect when you swear by somebody that is greater. But for Abraham, there's nobody that is greater than God for him to swear by. So he swore by himself. In other words, for God to have the covenant, you know, um, enshrined and, and, and given out, there must, be, there must be witnesses. And he must be his own witness. So, so God must witness by himself. 
Reason why when Jesus resurrected, he was the same testator and was the same mediator and was the same guarantor. This is to tell you that God has no business with any other third party. Because you see, just so that whatever he had decided to give out, he swore by himself. And if he doesn't do it, his integrity is at stake. Amazing. So you see what God had to go through to be able to give us this covenant? That if you are not enjoying, it means something is being given. The other party must receive. Now, with the, with, the, with the wheels, are there some wheels where, let's say, a wheel is wheeled out to someone and when the person dies, what happens to the wheel? Can the person wheel a wheeled wheel? Um, I would say technically no. Okay. Once a will is made, okay, whoever the will is made in favor of, okay. which is we call the donee of okay. the will, is the owner of that will. Okay. Now, there are circumstances under which, um, for instance, if a person, if a person, if the donee precedes the 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 donor of the will, which is the testator, in death, in circumstances, there are circumstances where it can pass to the children of okay. the intended donee. Okay. But there are exceptions. There are some exceptions to that. But generally, a will is made in favor of a person. It goes to that person, and that's where it ends. Now, if the person wants to pass it on, they in turn would usually make another will, okay. given it. And then there's also gifts, also under we have um, um, types of gifts. One that is given in anticipation of death. For okay. instance, if you feel that there's, you have this an imminent threat of death, you are ill and you don't think you recover, you can give out a gift to a person. Now, there must be the intent again, and then the acceptance of the person who is, given, who is being given the mm. gift. And again, witnessing of that gift. But with that kind of mm -hmm. gift, once the person doesn't die, it's not an absolute. <laughs> when the person doesn't die, it reverts back to the person. Okay. And then there's one also that we call gift intervivos, which once you give that, it's irrevocable. You can't take it back. Mm. It's given during the lifetime mm. of the person given the gift. Okay. Again, these conditions must be present the intent to give that gift, it must be absolute, and then there must be an acceptance, intention, and then witnesses. Should, should there also be an acceptance for, for the will as well? Yes. For, for, a will, for a will in the traditional sense, for instance, in the account with the Samansu, for instance, once a will is made, there's what you call the asida, which the person, the, don, the donee of the will must give in the presence of witnesses. Okay. Accepting and thanking for the, the should I call it, I use the term loosely, gift that has been given okay. to okay. the person. Okay. Yes. But for a will, really, once the will is done, it only kicks into effect after the person has died. Mm. 
so it belongs to you, then they are executors of the will who would make sure that the will is executed according to your instructions as enumerated in the will. Mm. So once that is passed on, then there's what we call a vesting ascent. Okay. Which vests whatever property has been given to you in the will in you. So now you become the owner of okay. the property. It's not as though someone gave it to me. You it's as though you purchased it mm. yourself because now it's in your name. It's in your name. Yes. Wow. Now, you, you, you use the word here, irrevocable. Hmm. So, can a will be revocable? Yes. A will can be revoked if Is there's it a challenge. Yeah, yes. Yeah. If, yeah. It's, if there's a challenge to its authenticity. Okay. So, one of the things that would be, for instance, the person was not of sound mind. Okay. There may be so many different, you know, or the person signed the will or executed the will under undue influence. Okay. Or um, maybe the conditions that's needed to be prevalent for the execution of the will were not there. Okay. So that's a challenge to the authenticity of the will. Okay. Which the person who would bring, uh, who would challenge the will, we usually call, call, we call it like a caveat. You know, they'll come and challenge the will or the authenticity of, of the, the will. will. Okay. And they have to prove. Okay. The burden of proof is on them, on them. to okay. prove that the will was not authentic. Hmm. Yes. That's amazing. Let me show you what God has given us. Jeremiah 32, 40. Let's look at the kind of will God gave us and see if anybody can challenge it. Please read, everybody. Stay there. What kind of will do we have? Everlasting. It is not revocable. It cannot be challenged. Now, here, with what you are, you are teaching us right now, God's intention is being made known. That whatever covenant he's given us or will he's given us, it's everlasting. Oh, glory. glory. It cannot be revoked. It means it does not even matter what I do. It, it has been given me. The thing has been ruled to me in my favor. It cannot be revoked. It, nobody can challenge it. Yeah. May the devil not challenge, the, you know, all the, 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 the properties that God has given you yeah. through his will. Do you understand? Yes, sir. Hmm. I would say in some sense, a will cannot be revoked. And mm. this is, you know, legally, that's not, not a correct statement mm. to make. But a will that has ticked off all the boxes okay in terms of the conditions that have to be present mm. cannot be revoked mm. it's final okay even even when someone decides to challenge it yes because it has ticked off all the boxes okay for a valid okay. will mm. yeah okay so somebody wills a property to me my, my my somebody's father wills a property to the the children mm. is it automatic that once the real the will is read they just go and access the properties or there are some protocols that they need to go through be, to, to be able to take the way, um, the properties. So what we, they would go for probate. Okay. So we have what we call probate and letters of administration. Okay. And in in some people die, there's death interstate. 
Mm. Okay, all that means is that the person died without making a will. And with that, you would have to apply for letters of administration. So you file an affidavit, the executors of the will, really, or the beneficiaries. Can, can I stop you there? Why would people die without making will? Uh, there may be so many reasons. I don't know. Sometimes they don't expect death to be near or, you know, but even with that, there's a provision in the law, the PNDC law okay. 111, which shares the property according to law. The, in, in order of, in, in order of, um, let me say, relevant, mm. he, the wife, children, um, surviving parents, mm. then the customary, the mm. customary successor in title. Mm. So it's shared according to. Acc according to the, the judgment of, of the law. Yes. According so to statute. Yes. Statutory, you know, yes. yeah. But the point is that if the person had been alive, he, will not, he or she would not have shared the properties like that. Likely not. Likely not. It depends. I mean, there are so many ways of, of, of sometimes people have a way of, again, like I said, it's their last wish. Yeah. And so, so whoever they wish to give the properties to or who they feel should be their beneficiaries. I mean, sometimes people can even put in a will, I give this person a Bible. Okay. Yes. Or I give this person a cutlass. Or, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Now, the reason I'm asking is, I want us to get to the point to understand that. If somebody dies without a will, like she said, maybe the person didn't see death coming. Maybe the person has not decided to. Maybe the person is not willing to give out anything yet. But for us, Jesus knew that he was coming to the earth to die for this purpose. And he had everything planned as to how much each and everybody is going to get. And amazingly, you are getting as much as I am getting. If Jesus had not done that, then somebody else would have taken the will or the properties and shared it according to how they want it. Isn't this amazing? Wow. So first of all, God had a sound mind. Yes. He's so sound. He's eligible um, to, um, to, 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 to write a will, to make a will in favor of someone. Wow. Is that why he said he has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of what? Sound mind. We are as sound as God is. <laughs> wow. This is amazing. Once a will is made, once you, you own those properties, they are your bona fide properties. Nobody can take them away from you. Okay. Once I have title and I own them. Did you hear that? Once you own them, nobody... Health is part of your... The terms. So sickness should not take away your health. Prosperity is one of them. Poverty and hardship should not take. You should not allow. 
Wow. Continue. I like it. <laughs> so once you are the bona fide owner of the property for true value, you paid for it. It's yours. Mm. You have title to it. It's, for, it's up to you to do what you will with the property. And so you can decide to share it. You can decide to give it to charity. You can decide to give to your name. That, that's the thing with a will. It's mm. really entirely up to you as the individual what and who you intend the property to go to. So again, the intention is very critical in making a will because the intention is what propels or triggers you giving out those properties to whoever your donee may be. So, Christopher, if I understand, if, 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 if I get you clearly, the properties you want to give out, they must be yours. Yes. You cannot give out... What, what is not yours. Yes. There's a, there's a Latin maximum <laughs> product. Can you Which catch is, the thing? Yes, Health is for him. Yes. He passed it on to you. Yes. Prosperity is for him. He passed it on to you. Sound mind is for him. He passed it on to you. I'm going to show you 15 items in the will of the covenant that God gave us compared to the old covenant. Just, I was able to just put together 15. There are more that I couldn't. All these things belong to God. Yes. If they are not his, he can't give. There's a Latin maxim that we use. Latin which, maxim. Yes. Hmm. Tell me about Latin the, maxim. Nemo dat quod non abet. You cannot give what you do not have. Baradusha liada. Say it again. Nemo dat quod non habit. What does it mean? You cannot give what you do not have. You cannot give what, what you, you do not have. You must teach me this Latin so I can use it in my preaching. Because <laughs> I've been saying it. You cannot give what you don't have. If God says you are healed or health is yours, he had it. And he has given to you. If he says, I have given you a new covenant. Crystal, a moment. Let me just show you guys where all these emanated from. Jeremiah 31. Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 31 to 33. I think if I understand what you are saying, so God is now hitting his chest to tell us that this thing that I say I'm going to do, they are mine and I'm going to do it. Look, he said, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will make a new covenant. In other words, a new will. In other words, a, a new eternal will. With what? The house of Israel and the house of Judah. Uh -huh. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt which my covenant they break, although I was an husband unto them, saith the Lord. Look at this here. If God says he was an husband to them, naturally you think a husband must leave an inheritance to the wife. But the intention matters. Here, because they broke God's law, he was not willing to give it to them. Can I show you something more before we come back here? Exodus chapter 19 verse 5. You, you spoke um, Latin. Let me speak Greek. Verse 5. Look at this. Now therefore, 
if ye will obey my voice indeed and keep keep my covenant, keep my will, keep my commandment, then ye shall be. Now the intention is not a free will gift. It's a condition. You must do something before I give you. But for somebody with an intention of giving a will, I'm giving it all out. In other words, I have already judged you. All right? I have, because before I can pass on my, my house to you, I might have, you know, judged your, your, how well you took care of me, how you, you know, and so on and so forth. So hold on. I'm making a point here. A testator or, yeah, that gives us a will would have prejudged you to be right before he passes on. We were already judging Christ. He prejudged us in Christ Jesus and he saw that we were qualified. So he didn't withhold anything from us. He gave us. Please listen to this. These are the knowledge you need. Remember, if you don't know, you can't have control. So God has already judged me right. Now he said that, go back to uh, the Jeremiah. He said that, you know, I brought them out and I was an husband unto them, which means God saw them as wives. Yet, his intention was not to give them the covenant. Because after judging them, he said, they broke my covenant. Can you see that? He said, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, which my covenant they break. To them, he saw them as wives, but they broke his covenant and that was the condition. Because, you see, there was nobody there to stand in their place. But for us, somebody has come to stand in our place. And he did not break any covenant. He fulfilled the covenant. So all of us in that man have been judged in that man. So we are worthy to receive the effect of the will. Say, I qualify. Thank you for listening to this message we believe you have been blessed by it we are word and spirit and we invite you to worship with us you will fall in love with our wednesday teaching service christian raymond night at 6 p.m encounter the supernatural in our prophetic service on friday at 6 p.m and sit under the reign of heaven in our Fernessa service on sunday at 8 a.m Follow the Prophet of God on his official Facebook page, Prophet Danny-Eljedu, and on Instagram at Prophet Danny-Eljedu. For videos, you can subscribe to his YouTube channel. To receive our weekly newsletters, please subscribe to www.pdgministries.org. You can contact Word and Spirit International on plus 233-54722-1773 or plus 233-54937-7290 or plus 233-50432-8959 or plus 233-27510080. So many people have received testimonies by listening to these podcasts. Now, if you are one such person, share your testimony with us by leaving a write up of it in the comment section or send it to us via email to contact pdgministries.org you were made to live from glory to glory and your testimony is about to shake the world you are blessed victory in the name